It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the podcast formerly known as Access Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. You may have noticed the name on our logo has changed a little bit. That's just a placeholder because we are currently developing a brand new show that will have a new name and a new sound. We will be working on getting that right this summer. In the meantime, we'll be revisiting some of our favorite interviews from our first four years. As we do that, we'll continue our mission to get you ready for the weekend with a roundup of some of the fun, entertaining, and educational things to do in and around Atlanta in the coming days. Let's get started with a couple of those upcoming events. The title of Is It Not Enough That I Smile in the Valleys at White Space, White Spec, Shed Space, and Take It Easy through June 18th comes from an imagined monologue in Henry David Thoreau's The Maine Woods in which Mother Nature reminds the unwary visitor that not all of the spaces in nature are welcoming to humanity. Take It Easy gallery curators began with the premise that we still romanticize nature even when we pay little attention to it most of the time except as a grand concept of the great outdoors contrasted with the nature we ignore all around us. The dozen artists they have chosen for this multi-venue exhibition explore the several ways in which our society experiences artificial or engineered versions of nature. Read a review of the show from our partners at Arts ATL, which you'll find online at AJC.com. Singer-songwriter Grace Potter's recent journey has been anything but easy. She saw her longtime band, The Nocturnals, decay and dissolve, went through a divorce from her first husband and Nocturnals drummer Matt Burr, took a major left turn with her music, became estranged from music altogether, and eventually found new love, a new marriage, and had a baby son. Now she's back with a new solo album called Daylight. And she's been playing shows again over the past year or so as venues have reopened and life has started to look more normal. Her latest tour brings her to the Candler Park Music Festival, where she'll headline on Friday, June 3rd. The festival will continue on June 4th. Read our interview with Potter on AJC.com. Stay tuned for more events later in the podcast, and after the featured conversation, we'll take a look at what the AJC is bringing you this week, both online and in print. But first, let's revisit our very first podcast interview from February 2018. Then-music writer Melissa Ruggieri had an in-depth conversation with John Driscoll Hopkins, the multi-instrumentalist in the Zac Brown Band known for his distinctive beard and baritone voice. 
Sadly, Hopkins was recently diagnosed with ALS, a progressive and debilitating disease that attacks nerve cells that control muscles throughout the body. Despite this, he recently said he hopes to continue to perform with the band for many years to come. The Zac Brown Band will be playing at Truist Park on June 17, 2022, and Rodney Ho will bring us an interview with Hopkins in the coming days in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and online at AJC.com, so keep an eye out for that. And keep in mind that the interview we're about to hear is from more than four years ago, so any dates and events that may come up are in the past. Hi Atlanta, thanks for joining us. I'm Shane Harrison, and I'm your host for the AJC's newest podcast, Access Atlanta. Joining me this week is our music writer, Melissa Ruggieri. Thanks for being here. Hey Shane. It's uh, great to have you. Uh, what'd you bring us this week? I have brought you John Driscoll Hopkins, the imposing member of the Zach Brown Band, who I found out in person is not so imposing. He's only six foot one. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Well, the Zach Brown Band, we've all heard of them. Um, you know, they've been around for a while. It's interesting. I first uh, knew of them back uh, 2008. I followed them to South by Southwest. Did you really? Yeah, to cover them for the paper. Yeah. Of course, that was before they were signed. Right, right. And they were probably playing all those little clubs in Buckhead and Midtown. Yep. And yeah, they yeah. were. They were doing little tours around mm-hmm. the Southeast. And, uh, you know, they'd done pretty well. But they hadn't gotten the major label deal. And it's funny that... Uh, Probably less than six months after I saw them. Well, maybe a little more than six months. Uh, they had a number one country hit. It must have been your story. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it was. That's what did it. Yeah, that put them over the exactly, top. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, it is amazing how they have just blossomed over the years. I mean, now they're you know they've been headlining stadiums for the past couple of years. They're coming here to SunTrust Park on June thirtieth, and it's, it's actually the first time they're headlining a stadium in Atlanta. Though they they did a co-headline with Kenny Chesney a couple of years ago back at the Georgia Dome. But John was saying how they're they're so excited that this is the first time that they're doing their own headlining stadium show in their hometown. Wow, that's interesting. I, I would have thought that they would have done that long nope, ago. Nope, they've done the Lakewood Amphitheater. They've done Verizon. They and they usually would do multiple nights there instead because they can obviously you know do forty fifty thousand people but they just you know the timing worked out this summer to go ahead and and do uh, SunTrust Park and and you know one interesting thing that he told me was how much the band likes playing baseball stadiums not football stadiums baseball stadiums because as we've heard (laughs) the sound in some of these football stadiums really any football stadium is not the greatest and especially if you have a dome or a roof or some other type of covering whereas baseball stadiums just the way that they're designed sort of like a crescent shape the sound travels better and of course they set up differently with speakers and and you know their gear for a stadium show than they would an arena show or an amphitheater show but he was just saying how he loves being on stage at baseball stadiums too because even though it's a bigger venue it's a more intimate venue because he can see like up into the top row from the stage whereas at an amphitheater he can't even see beyond the first five rows or anybody on the grass or anything like that so and as he said every seat in a baseball stadium is designed to be good to watch the game yeah so it's kind of the same why wouldn't it be the same for a concert and and it is (laughs) yeah it's really interesting because you you don't think about the fact that a baseball stadium sort of has this amphitheatery shape yes Exactly. So, I mean, unlike like a, a football stadium where it's like you're you're sort of the the audience is on either side of you. Right. right. So, yeah, it's that's an interesting. Or somebody's on the ends yeah. and not necessarily, right. you know, whereas baseball's a little more not like not necessarily 360, but it's it's more that type of feel. So, yeah, yeah they're they're excited about it. And, you know, and and what's 
what's so cool about him too is that he's always doing something. I mean, even when the Zach Brown band isn't recording or touring, he's always doing solo stuff. He has a brand new private studio that he brought me to and it is gorgeous. I mean, it is really gorgeous. And he's recording, he's recording, um, he called it, you know, part bluegrass, part jam band, part rock band. And essentially he said it was like his own version of the Zach Brown band <laughs> that, yeah. that he's doing some stuff with and, you know, and played me a couple songs that they're working on. And it's just really solid stuff. I mean, they're all just such good musicians in that band and, and he's just a really cool guy as well. And, you know, you probably know him from, you know, the beard. Yes. <laughs> the beard and the mutton chops and everything. <laughs> and we talked about the beard a little bit and why sometimes he has a beard, why sometimes he doesn't. And he said he shaved it a couple of years ago just to see how long it would take to grow back because he does some acting on the side as well. And sometimes he's been approached to do a role and they'll say like, oh, will we shave the beard? And he'll say, yeah, but he also wants to know how long it's gonna take to to come back. And he was very funny. He said when he has the beard, if he's in Publix and he's in the cereal aisle, everybody's like, oh, stay away from that guy. (laughs) It's really creepy. (laughs) But when he has the beard and he's on stage, it's like, oh yeah, that's the man. That's John Driscoll Hopkins with the hat and everything. And (laughs) you know, so that's why he looks more imposing on stage, by the way. He said the hat adds about four inches to his height and and his boots add like another inch or two. So He's really more like 6'6 on stage, so yeah. that's why he stands out so much. But yeah. just a, he's just a really good guy, and he's a really nice, just a, a solid family man. You know, he, he's, he's got little girls, and, you know, they have a beautiful house, and they're just a, a really nice family, and he's just, he's just a cool dude. I like him a lot. Yeah, sometimes good things do happen to good people, I, I guess. I know. It's, it's really, it's, it's nice to see that. It's really nice to see that. And, and, you know, something else he talked about, too, was with this album that he's working on now and also he's done several Christmas albums and he's doing another Christmas album this summer that is going to be R&B based because he's kind of wanted to take a, a certain genre for each one that he's done he's actually thinking about doing a metal one with maybe Mastodon and you know getting some of the metal guys in Atlanta but but yeah. the point is that he wants to use Georgia musicians yeah. as much as he can uh, on all of his recordings and you know even though the Zach Brown band has a studio in Nashville they are still very much Georgia and Atlanta based, and he was—he's very involved in um, in the, with the Grammy committee and and the people who um, the organization that was getting the tax law passed for Georgia musician the, right. the Georgia music tax law, yep. and he kind of wants to do his part to fulfill that too, and, and use musicians who are here. I mean, like he said, so many people think you have to go to Nashville to get an orchestra or to get session players or country musicians, and they're you know they're all in our backyard. You just you know as long as you got you know the right people and. He yep. certainly knows the right people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how some people seem to think that you have to leave this town right. in order. It, and, I mean, that's changed. There may have been a time where, when that was more true than right. it is now. Sure. But over the years, that's certainly changed. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the studios that are around here. I mean, again, his is a private studio, but there are a gazillion non-private studios and all the musicians and all the producers and... And I think it's just a matter of getting the word out. And it's cool that someone of his stature is doing that and, you know, making an effort to say, I'm just going to use people from home and yeah. not go to Nashville or L.A. or New York or, or wherever, because I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, you know, I actually saw them. Zach Brown Band played at the uh, at the Music Cares event before the Grammys just a couple weeks ago that was honoring Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And they did a Fleetwood Mac song. They did Don't Stop. And and it was just it was really fun. And And we talked about that because we talked before the Grammys, uh, this interview, and we talked a little bit about the, the band's love of Fleetwood Mac and how they and the Eagles, he said, were the two bands that the Zac Brown Band most wanted to emulate because of the harmonies, not because of the craziness. <laughs> I think they want to stay away from the drama right. <laughs> with both those bands as much as possible. But just, just the harmonies and the, and the style of music that they did. And, 
you know, I think you hear that in the Zac Brown Band's music. I mean, their harmonies are my favorite part of what they do. And even if you're not a country music fan, I think you would find something appealing about their music. And the same with the solo stuff he's doing. It's very melodic and there's just a lot of layering going on. And, and you can just you can just kind of hear those influences of bands like, like Fleetwood Mac in there. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's what's given them this longevity that they have. I mean, it was 10 years ago right. that they first had their number one hit. They're still regularly right. in the top 10. Yeah. So, you know, they're not going away, and they're still very popular. It's it's. Uh, they're know, probably the biggest country band, if you think about it, out there right now. I mean, you've got a ton of solo people like, you know, Kenny Chesney, Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean. Most of them also from here. Right. <laughs> um, right. But when you think of, you know, country, I mean, Little Big Town also, Georgia Ties, you know, I mean, yep. but but they've certainly ascended the past couple of years, but they're not quite stadium level yet. Whereas the Zach Brown bands, you know, they've, they've been playing Fenway for a couple of years, Wrigley yep. for a couple of years. And, you know, they've been doing the stadium thing for several years now. And their popularity cannot be overstated. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they just have this this timeless appeal, I, I think. And yeah. and. That goes back to that that the those seventies bands that mm-hmm. uh, you know it's funny I, I spoke with Steve Miller one time mm-hmm. and he talked about how uh, country music today when he hears it it's it, it sounds like what he was doing right. back in the seventies it's like a lot of that you know radio yes. friendly stuff in the seventies has really seeped into today's country the music. country the country rock crossover yeah. it's a very gray gray area these days yeah. and and that, you know that's a cool thing because. Again, you don't have to be a country purist to appreciate what's on country radio, and and a lot of what is that, especially their Jekyll and Hyde album. I love that album. And then you know they worked with Dave Grohl. They did an album with Dave Grohl right yeah. before that, or right after that. I can't remember, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it was just they're they're taking all of their interests and influences and throwing it all together. They're even though they respect country music in its pure form, they also realize that. For a mainstream audience, you've got to branch out a little bit more too, and I think they've done a really great job with that. I mean, although their their recent album, their current album, is a little bit more of a return to the rootsier sound of yeah. things. You know, they they were nominated for a Grammy for "My Old Man," which is a beautiful song that Zach wrote about his dad. Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't win because it was actually a, that was a pretty tight category that, yeah. <laughs> that they were in. But um, I think it it was one of the most personal songs that they've done, and I think that's also something that they keep growing as songwriters and right. and that's why their you know their fan base just keeps growing and not even just maintaining i mean yeah. you know to to play stadiums for several years in a row and yeah that's that's pretty impressive there well, are only people of acts that can do that you know? right with especially with country audiences country audiences can be a little fickle yes. uh mostly i think because country radio can be very yes. fickle um, you know, they'll, you know, you go away for a while, they forget about you. And the trends change so quickly. Yeah. You know, we had that whole bro country thing for a while. That yep. seems to have thankfully gone away <laughs> or waned <laughs> right. just a bit. Waned you know? a little, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, then you have people like Casey Musgraves coming up that, you yeah. know, was kind of going back to that more traditional sound of a, a Loretta Lynn type. And and now I think it's, it's sort of evened out a little bit. You still yeah. have some of the bro country stuff, but then you also have some of these, these new guys coming up that are very classic oriented in in their approach and then you've got you know a Zach Brown band that's a yeah. little bit of a little bit of everything and that's what it's it's nice to have yes. that variety so that everything doesn't sound exactly the same and it's nice that a band like the Zach Brown band they're still touring on their album that came out last May i mean they kicked off their tour their other tour last May at for two nights of horizon and Greg Allman had just died, I believe, and yeah. they did a, did a version of Whipping Post because that's the other thing about their live shows. They do amazing covers. Yeah. If you haven't heard their cover of Metallica, <laughs> Enter Sandman, which John sings, by the way, he's oh, got yeah. that he's got that deep, awesome voice. That's kind of his, you know, the, his yeah. signature. 
If you haven't heard the cover of Metallica's Enter Sandman or Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, go look it wow. up on YouTube now. Yeah. They have nailed Bohemian Rhapsody like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and talk about a complex song. Yeah. And he did say it, it took forever to to get it down, but but they're still touring on that same album, you know, a year later by the time they get here in June, and he said they still had a couple singles that they were going to release to radio. So, you know, I mean, I think that's the goal. You, you, and it's kind of an old-fashioned thing, you know? It's like, do a complete album that's got five or six radio hits on it, yeah. and you could tour on it for a year, and then the cycle begins again. You go yeah. back in the studio yeah. <laughs> and everything yeah. else. But but they're, they're a really fun live band, and if you haven't seen the Zac Brown Band live, I would recommend going to see them. They're, they're all great musicians. They, they really, they can all play everything. John used to be the bass player. That's right. that's what he yeah. was known for. He actually hasn't played bass in the band for five years. Yeah. They, they have a new bass player, as well, not even new, since 2013, yeah. uh, Matt Magano. And John, you know, he's kind of a jack of all trades. I mean, yes. he plays guitar, he plays mandolin, he plays banjo. And, you know, like he said, I'm not good enough to be a soloist with anything, any of these instruments, but I can, you know, fall in behind yeah. somebody or write on them and, and that. But it's really his voice that he considers his, his attribute. Cool. All right. Well, let's hear uh, Melissa Ruggieri's talk with John Driscoll Hopkins. Studios are built to be functional, but John Driscoll Hopkins' new studio was also built to be beautiful. He said he borrowed some ideas from the Zach Brown Band Southern Ground Station in Nashville for his own private digs, which might be why the floors are now five layers thick and the ductwork crawling across the ceiling is painted a dusty brown that gives the main room a really cool rustic vibe. side of the staircase is the second area of the studio. Also, there was no way I was walking past the Miss Pac-Man Galaga video game console in the corner without playing it. Like to tell you all, I have the high score right now. <laughs> or at least I did. But for the serious musicians, behind one enclosed room with a glass door comes the banjo flex from musician Greg Ernest. Back in the main room, Mike Rizzi hops behind his drum kit to pound out the beat, which sounds absolutely pristine in these surroundings. While keyboardist Brian Bisky plays the pretty melody to one of Driscoll's new solo songs, Missing You All, All the Time. As successful as Driscoll has been with the Zac Brown Band, which he joined in 2005, he still loves his downtime when he can work on a new Christmas album or this other solo album, which he's producing as well as singing and playing on. Miss my birthday, 
my studio and, and my band is here working on my record. Uh, I've continued to make records throughout my involvement in the Zac Brown Band and, and I enjoy that whenever I have time off to do that. Uh, this, this record is with my six-piece rock band slash bluegrass band slash jam band. Um, it's like my version of the Zac Brown Band. Uh, and we all came up with, with a lot of similar influences and I feel like you'll, what you'll hear out of this is, is my songs um, with this group's take on it. So are these Atlanta guys you're working with? Everybody is from the Atlanta area. So yeah. guys that you've known over the years and done various things with. And All good friends from you know my banjo player is my banjo teacher. Um, Mike Rizzi's my drummer. He's been my buddy for 25 years. You know a lot of these guys are really close to me and, and I've just been friends for a long time. What's the timetable for recording release and all that? Well I hope to have it out before the end of the year and um, and I'll start working on my third Christmas record this summer. Uh, so I, I just keep it going and, and keep busy. Talk about those Christmas albums. You, you love those Christmas albums. I do. And well, I've kind of gotten into a theme with it. And it's, it's not that I feel the need to really bash out a bunch of Christmas songs. Mm -hmm. It's that every time I do one, I gain a bigger catalog for Christmas shows as well. And, and I kind of have a theme like scheduled planned out from, from, from now until I'm sort of done with that. And I feel like in the next five or six years, I'll, I'll have made all the Christmas records I, I need or want to make, but I'll have this great catalog to choose from for shows, which will, and, I, and I've been able to enlist these fantastic bands like Joe Granston and the Atlanta Pops Orchestra to be a part of them. And, um, and that will help me get these venues in line for, for shows as they continue to grow. Here's a silly question for you. Last time I saw you, you were clean shaven. So what, what, what determines whether the whiskers are there or not? Because it is sort of your trademark. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I stopped shaving um, in 09, probably 2010. Mm -hmm. And everybody kind of had a beard and I felt like mine should be unique. So I cut the middle out and it just kept growing and became this monstrosity. So two years ago, I shaved it off and wanted to clock how long it would take to come back. And it took me about five months to get the beard back to a reasonable spot um, and maybe that was a year ago a year and a half but it but, but it was really uh, interesting to kind of kind of take pictures along the way and and see because I also I, mean, I do a, a little acting on the side so sometimes someone will ask will you shave the beard and when I say yes they think ah, he's not going to shave the beard so I, I want to have uh, the option to be able to to do that and know how long it's going to take to come back because it is kind of my thing with Zach Brown Band, but but it's it's like everything else. You change your hair, my hair is falling out, my beard gets long, it's getting gray. I'm just like, well, you know, what do you do? So I buy hats. <laughs> you know, it, it's um. It's something that just makes it more interesting to play with. And I think you're probably more recognizable with, with, the, with the beard, too. <laughs> For sure. If I'm, if I'm at Publix, people go, that guy, is, watch that guy. If I'm at the Zach Brown Band show, they go, oh, it's hot. You know, so it depends on where you are. Uh, you know, the, in, in normal life, it's more of a stay away from the weird guy. Stay away from the tall guy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. This is Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We'll continue with more of our conversation with John Driscoll Hopkins, but first, here's more of our list of things to do in and around Metro Atlanta. For Dirk Spentley, the pandemic turned out to be a blessing in disguise, allowing him to enjoy a side of life he had set aside over the preceding decade to do what it took to pursue his country music career. He found with his shift in lifestyle, he wasn't missing touring as much as one might expect. But as 2021 headed into spring, Bentley found himself back in Nashville as he prepared for his return to touring. 
He also put in some hours on his next studio album. He tested the live performing waters with his touring band with a short run of club shows in May 2021 and later launched his Beers on Me tour, which will bring him to a Marist Bank Amphitheater in Alpharetta on June 4th. You'll find our interview with Bentley on AJC.com. You don't have to melt away this summer just because you don't have a private pool in the backyard. You don't have to drive hours away to beat the heat at the nearest water park either. We've put together a list of some of the local public pools that are highly rated, clean, renovated, and ready to help you cool off this summer. You'll find the story online at AJC.com and in the Go Guide in the June 10th print edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Now it's time for this week's adoptable pet from the folks at Lifeline who run the Fulton and DeKalb shelters along with the Lifeline Community Animal Center. Odette is a perfect brindle bundle of love. This girl is a quiet, sweet soul who finds any chance she gets to snuggle up for a belly rub. At a little over a year old, she knows cues like sit, come, and paw and will happily keep learning if treats are involved. She also loves to take a stroll and meet new people. Odette is staying at the Fulton County Animal Shelter at 860 Marietta Boulevard in Atlanta. You'll find a photo of Odette and a link for more info on the story page for this podcast on AJC.com. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Access Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The facts matter now more than ever. Get unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution so you know what's really going on. And you're helping us fulfill our mission to bring you the news that's important to you. Subscribe today at subscribe.ajc.com podcast and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com podcast to join the community for just 99 cents. Let's continue our conversation with John Driscoll Hopkins. And now as far as the Grammys themselves, so you are nominated for one this year. You've won three? We have. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what, what does it mean to win one? Is it, is it a validation in a sense? It's really, uh, it's kind of the granddaddy of all award shows to me. It, you're, it's peer voted. It's, it's all, all the genres in music. It's, it's the kind of thing where you really feel like uh, that, it, that it counts, <laughs> that, that, you're, that you're, you've made an impact on not just uh, the audience, but on music. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's a thrill. It really is. I'm on the, the Atlanta Grammy board as well. So I, I, I eat, sleep, and, and breathe Grammys, you know, lots of lots of days out of the year and uh and this is going to be a fantastic thrill for us to be there well you know and the song that you nominated for my old man i mean that that's it's really this is a sweet poignant insightful song and and i mean what does it feel to be nominated for that song in particular my old man's a very personal tune for zach and and um it's just one of those 
songs that strikes a chord in everybody who was close to their dad and 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 to everybody who's been a dad to someone else you know and so uh it's one of those things that i'm really proud to be a part of and i and i think it is a fantastic tune after you won uh, best new artist that was the first grammy you won right? yes was there any any fear of the uh, starland vocal band curse <laughs> you know that they, they say that they say that if you win best new artist that's your curse and and i think that had been proven wrong many times so we didn't feel too too scared about that but the but the neat thing about winning best new artist is that it's one of the only awards that you can only win once mm -hmm. and the other one is lifetime achievement so there are only two grammys that you can only win one time and we're thrilled to have one where do you have yours do you keep them in here somewhere it's over there is it over there yeah. <laughs> well let's talk about the tour for a second um so you're going on a big summer tour you're actually going to be playing at suntrust park which is i think the first stadium you guys have played here in atlanta uh it is yeah. it is the first stadium we've played and um you know we've played lakewood we've played uh, verizon and uh phillips and a lot of the big uh you know arenas and things like that but but as far as baseball stadium we never played turner mm -hmm. uh, we never you know so it's it's really a big thrill for us to play at home in a baseball stadium what's the setup like that differs from you know playing a lakewood or verizon versus playing the stadiums because i know you've played fenway and wrigley and you know all the, all the big places well we have to rent more gear you know the scope is bigger but this it's not just that baseball stadiums are unique because the the experience from the stage is it's not it's not just uh, a, a bigger space it's gorgeous it's actually you can see you can almost see the crowd better in a stadium like that than you can in an amphitheater and uh, we can barely ever see the lawn in an amphitheater but at a stadium you can see the top tier of the back row and it really changes the way that you did you approach the crowd so even though it's a bigger place it's almost a more intimate place it is <laughs> it feels more intimate and the lighting in there is so wonderful it's just it's made for people to sit and enjoy the baseball game so enjoying a concert it just it's just kind of a natural feeling John Driscoll Hopkins is always creating, never really at rest. And he loves it that way. The AJC brings you the best of what's happening in and around Atlanta on AJC.com, along with deeper looks at trends in arts and entertainment and compelling looks at lost bits of history. Here's a taste of what you'll find there. Now more than ever, it seems couples and families are enjoying the benefits of a luxury staycation, especially in the days since COVID-19 put a dent in long-distance travel plans. Nearly 80% of respondents to VacationRenter.com were looking for vacations within 50 miles of their home. The high cost of gas is becoming another incentive to stick close to home and spend money on five-star dinners instead of gas. Just imagine a few days at a luxury hotel, champagne, chocolate strawberries, couples massages, and bathtubs so large you could almost swim in them. Sometimes it's a mental health necessity to have alone time, a romantic rendezvous, or even a bring the family getaway. We have some local suggestions for making the most of your staycation in this week's Go Guide in the Friday Atlanta Journal-Constitution and online at AJC.com. Atlanta politician Kwanzaa Hall says that childhood fishing weekends with his father and brother were, quote, the best memories of my life. I wouldn't trade them for the world. He's not alone. Exactly what is so great about fishing. You sit and sit and sit, sometimes in cold water, with the hot sun beaming down on you, swatting away bugs, waiting to catch something that you'll probably just throw back anyway. Why is one of the most vivid images of the 1960s, and still today, Andy and Opie going fishing in Mayberry? 
It's both a great bonding experience and a way to melt away stress, and there are plenty of places to go fishing in Georgia. We have some suggestions on how to get started and where to enjoy a relaxing day by the water. Check out our story online at AJC.com. If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, so you'll never miss an episode. And you'll be among the first to hear our new format when we relaunch in late summer. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin. And I'm your host and the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more great interviews and events. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.